Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast that shows you how to tap into the power of the internet in your business and your life. You can find us on the web at www.gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G-I-H-A-N-P-E-R-E-R-A dot com. You can subscribe to the podcast, listen to all our past issues or leave comments for us. Now it's over to your hosts, Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira for this week's edition. Well, hi, Chris. How are you going? I'm well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? Oh, I'm looking forward to my holiday. I'm going to Europe at the end of next week for four weeks, which will Excellent. be fabulous. I'm very jealous. Good. <laughs> so you should be. At least send me a postcard, Gihan. Yeah, look, and we were talking about the idea that there's nothing to stop us from doing our next podcast while I'm over there, maybe in Prague. That's right. It's something we wouldn't have um, even considered a few years ago, and yet now it just seems normal that there's no reason why you can't do this sort of collaborative work from the other side of the planet. That's exactly right, yeah. It would be interesting to see, uh, compare broadband services in uh, the Czech Republic versus broadband in Australia. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And that whole idea of collaborating around the world is really what we're going to talk about today, isn't it, with this concept of social bookmarking. That's right, social bookmarking as it's called, or collaborative tagging is the, the other uh, other phrase that people sometimes use. So, yep, there's that word, collaborative. Yeah. Now, you've probably done a bit more of this than I have, Chris, so I'm going to position you in the expert seat today. Fair enough. Uh, ask you some questions about it. We have touched on some of these things with things like Flickr, where you can put tags in tags in photos, but we haven't really gone into much detail and haven't haven't really talked about it as a topic in its own right. So tell me a little bit about well, what what is social bookmarking? Righto. Yeah. So it's basically, I guess people are familiar with the standard term bookmarking. That's just where you. Um, store a web address in your browser. Sometimes they're called favourites on under Internet Explorer. I think they're referred to as favourites um, or bookmarks in other browsers. So there's a section in your browser where you keep useful web addresses when you want to visit them again. But um, social bookmarking is a way for users to store and organise and share and also search for bookmarks in a collaborative fashion. So um, if you... Uh, so typically what you have is uh, a website and if you want to store a bookmark, you go to that website, enter it into um, enter it into your account, and then you usually add some tags to it, maybe a title and a description, and then that information is publicly available to other users of that website. So they can, uh, someone else might already have uh, tagged that website, and so in a way you build up uh, some kind of classification of the website from all that collaborative interaction. Mm, and I guess it's, I guess what you're saying is, in the old days, you used to just bookmark things for your own interest and for your own reference, and now what you're doing is you're making your whole bookmarks list public so that other people can also share in it, and websites that get bookmarked a lot um, are seen as popular and therefore gain some popularity. Yeah, that's one of the ways that the, the websites leverage that kind of community effort. They sort of, based on the popularity, the number of people who have bookmarked a particular website, they sort of extract lists of popular websites. They call them hit, uh, hot lists or they can uh, generate kind of news feeds from them. Uh, in fact, w- what we talked about on our last um, podcast, which was about uh, web feeds, RSS, a lot of these um, collaborative bookmarking or social bookmarking websites provide web feeds that um, churn out the hit lists or the, the hot lists of websites that have been tagged that day, those sorts of things. 
And I guess the interesting thing is that even though it's become popular now, the term social bookmarking has only been around for a couple of years, there's a very well-known website that's become successful because of what it did, and that's Google. So Google wasn't a first search engine. It certainly wasn't, didn't have a lot of money behind it, but part of the, the way it works is it has a look at a website and ranks it not only based on the words on that web page, but on how many people are linking to it. That's right, that, that page rank notion. And so whereas Google uses uh, automated techniques to sort of classify um, classify web pages, the classification process in the social bookmarking um, technique is done by humans. It's the human uh, users of the, the social bookmark websites that do the classification and then it's the the, the, uh, the multiple efforts, the, the number of people who've uh, classified a website that, that provides that website with a kind of ranking. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's an interesting book, Chris, I don't know whether you read it, it's called The Wisdom of Crowds, and it talks about the fact that when you get a crowd of people operating independently of each other, so it's not the wisdom of teams, but the wisdom of crowds. So a crowd of people who have varying opinions, on average, tend to do a good job of um, making good assessments. Yeah. So the idea is that if you've got a website which lots of people think are good, a few people I think few people think is terrible, those few people will get drowned out by the crowd who tend to, on average, rate websites based on how good they really are. Yeah. And sometimes, it's, in some of the cases, it's not even an explicit process of ranking. It's just a fact that you've gone and bookmarked it. So in some way, the, 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 the uh, website is significant. So some of them do have ranking systems, so you can, um, that particular one that I use, dig, D-I-G-G dot com, you can dig a website so you can increase its ranking or you can undig it or bury it, which is to sort of push it down in the rankings layer. But other ones like um, Delicious, the most famous one, and that's D-E-L dot I-C-I-O dot U-S, with Delicious you simply mention the website, give it a few tags, give it a description, and it's just the cumulative effect of multiple people tagging a particular website that um, contributes to its rank on Delicious. Okay, so let's talk about those two, because those two really are the two, the two biggest, the most common, the most popular. So Delicious and Dig, as a user of the Internet, how do you make use of them? In the case of Delicious, in my own case, Kirhan, I don't use um, social bookmarking websites so much for... Um, providing me with my day-to-day bookmarks because I don't um, I, I tend to use just the single PC that I have at home I don't need a set of bookmarks for when I'm using my work PC versus my home PC versus when I'm on the road visiting from an internet cafe some people would probably find that quite useful having all their bookmarks available online in a central location but in my case I don't mm-hmm. then the second aspect of it is is a search as a search tool. So um, the fact that you've gone and uh, bookmarked a few websites and so have other people provides you with a way of finding websites on a particular a particular topic. Now, in the case of Dig, they have a very they don't do tagging, uh, whereas Delicious uses tags. Dig uses a set of um, strict ca- categories for websites. So one of the uses I have for Dig.com is if I want to find uh, humorous video clips for my I Know Funny blog. Then I go to the comedy videos section, and then the top ranked, presumably the funniest uh, videos, are, are listed there. And uh, that's the way I go and search for humorous videos. That means I don't, I'm not restricted to say just finding videos on YouTube, because all of those video sharing websites are getting contri- uh, 
making contributions in DIG. So as a search tool, I find those social bookmarking websites quite useful. It's interesting, isn't it, because a site like DIG doesn't contribute any of its own content or doesn't have to have any of its own intelligence. It just provides the mechanism for other people to to put their indexes up there and then it aggregates them and says, well, these are the most popular and therefore it becomes a useful website in its own right. Absolutely, that's right. It's that, that whole Web 2.0 um, concept again, isn't it? That that community or that uh, collaborative part or that participation, that mm. architecture of participation that um, that makes sites like Dig work. Yeah, and then the final um, the the final use that I have for those kinds of websites, Dig and um, and Delicious, is if I do a blog posting, then I often go and um, register it in Delicious and Dig and one other website that I use called Reddit R E D D I T dot com. Um, so, yeah, I, I make a, a bookmark on those three websites. And then if other people want to, um, to uh, bookmark any of my blog postings, then they can do so uh, because I've already entered them into to dig and so forth. Well, that's the other side of it, isn't it? It's, so there's one is as a reader and the other one is as a publisher. Exactly. And the, the third thing you talked about was, that the last thing you talked about was as a publisher, you can A, submit your own material, so your own web pages to these social bookmarking sites. And also, like I'm... I don't think you meant explicit, Chris, that in your blog post you have a little button that says add this to dig or add this to delicious so that it makes it easy for other people, if they like what you've written, for them to add it to those websites. That's right, exactly, I do that, yep. Okay. So and I was going to say there are a, a plethora of these sorts of websites. I mean, we've talked about the most popular ones, delicious and dig and Reddit, but um, the little tool that I put onto my um my blog postings is, I think it's called, it's from a site called addthis.com mm. and it takes you to a gateway where you can choose from two dozen uh, different bookmarking services. So, um, yeah, they really are, they, they've, they've sprung up in the past couple of years, these social bookmarking websites. Okay, so let's clarify that. So, for people who are publishing any sort of web website, web pages, blogs, any sort of material online, um, they should. On, at the bottom of every page, they should well, they should go to addthis.com, sign up because it, it costs nothing. To, That's right. It? Yeah, so they should go there, sign up, get the little add this button, and add that to the bottom of every article, web page, blog post, and anything else that they do online. Yeah, certainly something like add this, or maybe just uh, the the individual um, buttons that you can get from Delicious and Dig and Reddit, some of the more popular ones. It's one way or the other, whichever they prefer. Yeah, that's right. And I guess the only pages that you wouldn't put uh, there are pages that are password protected or pages that you have to buy access to. That's right. Yes, it's stuff that's publicly accessible. Yeah. That's right. But there's no harm in taking everything you've got publicly accessible and making it easier for people to add it to these social bookmarking sites. Yeah, definitely. And you also mentioned the idea, Chris, about having a, a, an online collection of your bookmarks so that if you are traveling, for example, which is something I'll be doing, yes. if I do look at bookmarks, certain bookmarks regularly, I can just log into an account and see what my own bookmarks are. That's right, you can. Yep. And in fact, those services, there used to be a site called MURL, mm -hmm. which I think stood for Mobile URL, which had the same sort of service. But I think that the difference is with the social bookmarking site, something like um, MURL only allowed you to make it private. Right. So you had private access to your own bookmarks, but you couldn't share it. And the whole idea of sharing is what's, what's made these social bookmarking sites so popular. That's right. You're absolutely right. So it was 
making it possible to collaborate that uh, makes social bookmarking work, whereas private bookmarking services, again, no one else gets to see what you've bookmarked. And maybe that's what you want, depending on the nature of your bookmarks, I suppose. That's right, that's right. Let me ask you a little philosophical question around this. What do you think of the concept that the sites that are going to get visited most often are the most popular ones? In other words, is it good to have websites based on the popularity contest? Um, I think it's good because it's allowed me to find some really funny videos. So it's, it, it's good in that regard. But, yeah, I, I can see the point that you're trying to make is that um, maybe there's good stuff out there. That's, so popular doesn't necessarily mean good and unpopular doesn't necessarily mean bad, does it? So there could be some yeah. hidden gems out there. And I guess one of the things is that like, you, you can certainly have people who stack the odds by getting a whole bunch of people to go and dig their site. Yes, that has happened, hasn't it? Absolutely. But I guess the thing is that there's so many people out there. There's um, hundreds of hundred million internet users or more. And so the chances that you can do that reliably and consistently in order to manipulate the system are pretty low. That's right. I think that there was a high-profile um, incident recently where someone gamed dig.com in order to... A, a team of people got together and, and got a really high ranking for a particular... I think it was a, crit, a website that was critical of some third-party service. Um, but, you know, that's a one-off incident amongst um, so many hundreds and hundreds or thousands of other websites that Dig has classified as being highly popular, which are genuinely popular. They're not... Uh, No-one's gaming the system in order to make those websites popular. And I think that's the point, that you can do it for a short time and you can do it as a one-off and... Uh, Maybe if you're looking for reliability as, an, as a general internet user, uh, just come back in a couple of days and see whether that's still the most popular site. Mm, yep. there's, a, there's a little marketing trick that I've come across, I've seen people do with Amazon.com, because Amazon has their bestsellers, and sometimes you can be, uh, and they do it every day, so you can be the Amazon.com bestseller for the day. All right. So what I've seen some authors do in order to be able to claim that they were you know, Amazon, Amazon.com number one bestseller, uh-huh. legitimately, so they can make that legitimate claim. What I've seen them do is they have a special day when they send out, they send out an email to as many people as they can and they ask their colleagues and their friends to, uh, to pass it on as well. But they send out a special email where if you buy the book from Amazon.com on that day and then you email the author with your official receipt, then he or she will send you a whole bunch of other e-books and other downloads and bonuses but only if you did on that day. Right, okay. And the idea is the strategy to become number one in your category on Amazon.com for that day. King for a day. That's right. Which then gives you bragging rights, and then you can put a little sticker on the front of your book saying number one on Amazon.com. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I've seen that, and I guess really there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, as, a, as a long-term thing, though, you'll realize that it's not, it's not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the social bookmarking sites, even if you try to manipulate them, they, those sort of attempts are not sustainable because the wisdom of crowds wins out in the end. It certainly does, yeah. Particularly for a site like Dig, which is such a popular social bookmarking website, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, what do you think of the idea of use, uh, like create? Do we need to create any more social bookmarking sites? You talked about the fact that there's a whole bunch of them around. Will there be... Um, will most of them drop off, or is there a is there a place for having a number of them around, or is it like Google, where Google eventually dominates the landscape? At the moment, there's the ones that I use are complementary. So, for example, Delicious uses a tagging mechanism, and um, Dig uses a, 
a categorization mechanism. It's a bit like old-fashioned Yahoo where they used to have their directory-based um, search engine versus the type of just enter keywords and with Google and, and get a, a whole lot of pages. So at the moment, they, some of them do offer complementary services. Dig's got a very narrow set of categories and one of the things that they turn out is like um, a front page with popular news items, for example. Mm. So if you want to look at popular news items from around the world on, on the internet, then you go to Dig and the categorization process works really well um, in that sense. Uh, whereas Delicious, is, it's a free-for-all. Any, any URL can be submitted and you give it uh, an appropriate set of tags and, and away you go. So in a way, they're kind of... Um, they're sort of complementary in that regard. And then there's another one that I've heard of. I haven't used this, but I've seen friends of mine have used it called stumbleupon.com. Mm, I've heard of that, yes. Yeah, and I think that one's really good at being in like, like a, a set of bookmarks. It's very individualised, as well as being able to make things public. It's more like, a, it's more like flickr.com for bookmarks. So you've got your own homepage where you've got all your, all your bookmarks sorted out but then they, they're publicly accessible by everyone else as well and, and the collaborative effects come into play there. So they all, amongst the top-ranked ones, I think they, they have different services. But they, they cover different sorts of markets. They're subtly different, and I think that's a good thing. But there, are, there seem to be tons of them out there, and I think the less popular ones will die off, a bit like the less popular bookmarks never make it to the front page of Dig kind of thing. Yes. Yes, and when I asked that question, I was thinking about it both from the point of view of the internet searcher to say, well, should you just focus on the, the top two and three that dig delicious and maybe read it, and that's good enough to get 90% of what you require? I reckon. Yep. And also from the point of view of the publisher, do you go to add this and get a, get access to all these social bookmarking sites that perhaps confuse people, or do you just put a dig delicious and read it button on your web pages? I would I think I would actually go for the latter, even though I do use Add This. Um, Add This is kind of easy for the publisher because you just go to Add This, you get one piece of code and you insert it into your blog. So it's kind of it's kind of lazy, um, a lazy way for a publisher to get all of those sort of bases covered. But I think probably focusing just on the, the more popular ones is a better approach. Rather than risk confusing your users. Exactly. You don't know exactly which ones. And they might miss out on Dig and Delicious because they click on, they choose a few of the others but not yeah. realising which ones are the most important. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because, for example, I think Add This allows you also to um, contribute to some of the private um, bookmarking websites. So you can put it into, your, there's a, when you go to the, the Add This page, I think you've got one to make it a favourite just in your browser, for example, using a bit of JavaScript. So oh, right. Then you miss out on the opportunity for them to actually contribute to your, your dig rating, for example. Yes. Okay, so again, it's just one extra little barrier for people. Yeah, or, or diversion. If, if as a publisher you're interested in getting a high dig rating and someone comes along and says, oh, look, there's a Firefox thing, I can add it as a Firefox favorite or something like that, or to my Google um, homepage sort of thing then um, that's a kind of distraction from you, what, what you want them to do. Yes, it's, it's, it's analogous to if you've got a shopping cart on your website, as soon as they start the ordering process, you just want them to follow step by step, follow the bouncing ball until they give you the credit card details and confirm the order. Yeah. And anything else you put in the way, even the main buttons, many buttons on your website can be distracting and diversions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we come to the end of our time, 
I guess we should talk about, okay, how do people put this into practice? And I guess the, the answer to this is just like the answers that we've given over and over again is just do it. It's not, it's not hard to do, is it? That's right. It's really easy. Go and get yourself a DIG account and um, even just visit DIG and have a look at how it, how it works, see if it's useful in terms of uh, finding a website find, as a search tool. Um, and if you want to start contributing, get an account with them. Okay. And so, again, let's talk a bit we want to give people the URLs again, Chris, of Dig and Delicious because they're both spelled kind of oddly. Yes, as is uh, as is the way these days. Yes. So Dig is d i g g dot com, and Delicious is d e l dot i c i o dot u s dot com. Excellent. Oh, sorry. No, no, US. Actually, there's no dot. There's no dot com at the end. That's exactly right. Yes, That's right. Yes, it's automatic these days. Yes, it's just d e l i dot. It isn't. It's d e l dot. I-C-I-O dot U-S. Yes, <laughs> which actually makes sense when you see it written out. It does. <laughs> Even though it sounds cryptic when we're talking about it in a podcast. It'll be added to the blog entry for this podcast. <laughs> yes, presumably. we will definitely do that. So thanks again for your time, Chris. And we'll thanks. have something interesting coming up in a, in a few weeks' time. We were talking just before the podcast about the fact that the Australian federal election should be just around the corner. We've been saying that for months now, Gihan. I oh, know, we have, we have. <laughs> What do you think about fixed terms? No, we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're jumping the gun. That's right. Um, so that's something that we're going to talk about um, because this is probably going to be the first election, the first Australian election anyway, that's going to be going to have such an online, such an influence from the online community. So it's certainly something we're going to be talking about as the election unfolds. So we'll look forward to that whenever that happens. Whenever that happens, probably when you're in Prague somewhere. That's right, that might be it. Sounds good. Excellent. So thanks again, Chris. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Gihan. Have a safe trip. Talk to you. Bye for now. Bye. You've been listening to the Focal Point Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G-I-H-A-N-P-E-R-E-R-A dot com. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen to all our past issues or leave us your comments and questions. We look forward to having you back next time.